OTB AM. Think of soccer managers over in England who would be really good guy managers. Nigel Pearson strikes me as like a Talton Cup winning manager. He's the English Banty, is that what you're saying? Po- OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition. Available now. Jenny Flaherty, welcome back to the show. Good morning to you. Hello, good morning. Settle a debate for us. I mean, I don't really think it's a debate, but you might sort of give us your view on it anyway. We've been having a, a debate in the loosest possible fashion today as to what constitutes a volley. Uh, Shane, on your screen there, thinks that, you know, it, the ball is allowed to bounce and once it's reached its apex again, it's back into volley mode. I would have a di- different view that once it's hit, hit the ground, uh, unless it's a half volley, it's no longer a volley. What's your opinion on it? <laughs> Yeah, no, a volley, you can't have a bounce. Like, when, when this bounce, that's mean it's reset, like it's done. You know what I mean? It has to be straight in the air, connection, no bounce allowed. If it bounces, no, nah, you can't you can't claim a volley after Adrian that. set me up here because I had accepted I was incorrect and now he's, he's set me up volley, once Jilly, more. I'm not going to lie to you. This is the first time he's really sort of, you know, he's retrofitting his excuses. Jilly's a, a former professional footballer. I'm going to accept her opinion here completely. Yeah. That's fact. <laughs> Um, right, we've so much to get to here. Uh, the international window done, the FA Cup break done, and uh, we'll spend a bit of time talking about the County Cup final on Sunday, maybe to begin with, and it's a big focus. And the last time we chatted was just after the semis, if I'm right. Um, uh, so it's Arsenal-Chelsea at Sellers Park on Sunday. Given what's looked like a general slide in form, um, and maybe understandable with injuries, um, etc., uh, they've lost a little bit of touch in the WSL. This has suddenly become a very important game for Arsenal. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge game because... Realistically, it's the only thing they can really win there. Um, obviously, they are still in the Champions League. You could say also they're still in um, the title race as well. Um, but I just think for them, obviously, the way they... I went to the game last week when they lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup. And, I mean, they just looked like a team that was playing with not much confidence. Um, not the, the Arsenal that you used to see with playing out, out from the back confidently and creating a lot of chances and, and being clinical. And I know obviously they're missing uh, Miedema and, and Beth Mead, who are two huge players for any team to be missing. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it, it's a it's a must-win game for them. Um, obviously, playing at Arsenal previously, we prided ourselves on winning trophies um, and Arsenal haven't really done that, that in the last few years. So yeah, there'll be um, pressure on them to to get a reaction as well from last weekend and um, and get the win on Sunday. Mm. They're brutally efficient and we are not, uh, were the words of the Arsenal manager, uh, Jonas Eideval, after that game, um, which, you know, in one regard, I'm sure he didn't mean it, but it does feel like a pretty damning indictment and a very hard thing to turn around over the course of a few days. Having been at the game, how does he turn it around? Um, it's difficult because... I don't feel like Chelsea were that great either in the day and speaking okay. to Chelsea fans afterwards, like Chelsea, are, I'd say probably sat in second, third gear um, all game. It was a bit of a, well, a scrappy game, but you, it's what you expected. Players had just come back from an international um, break. Players were tired. Um, it wasn't exactly electrifying, but Arsenal had two chances in the first half, a chance in the first few minutes to go one nil up. Um, but they, they didn't take their chance. And I just felt like with Chelsea... You know that they're going to keep continuing to create and you know that, for example, Sam Kirsch is only going to need probably two chances, three chances maximum, you know, and she's going to put one of them away. Um, where I feel like Arsenal don't have that necessarily at the moment. Um, I don't feel like Blackstinius 
the centre forward is, has got a lot of confidence, obviously, which is natural after what happened in the in the January transfer window. Um, but I just felt like Arsenal needed to be braver to get on the ball. I felt like the, the, the two centre-backs for Arsenal, when they was getting it, players were running away. It seemed like players were scared to get on it because Chelsea's press was was quite uh, strong. And, you know, they as soon as Arsenal got the ball, there was a player around them. But I just don't know. I don't know whether Arsenal were playing with, obviously, the pressure last weekend because they were, before the international break, they played Man City away and they were terrible, like the probably the poorest I've seen Arsenal play. So they probably had that pressure to know that they needed to have a reaction and a better performance. But, yeah, for me, I just think in that game last weekend, Chelsea were the ones who looked the most, they were clinical, but they looked the most threatening as well. And when I was going through, you sort of was banking them to put it away. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like he needs to probably let the shackles off a little bit and, let him, and give him more confidence to play. Um, I'm actually, from what you're saying there, almost a little bit more hopeful for Arsenal fans. Um, but, you know, you mentioned about Chelsea sort of being in second or third gear. So is that sort of, that you can look at that two ways, obviously, uh, with the e- uh, easy ability to slip it into fourth or fifth? Or what's your um, or what's your view on that? I just feel like with, with Chelsea, they're, Emma's got the mentality in them where they, they're winners and they find a way to win. It might not be pretty, but they find a way to win and there's never any doubt from going into a game that they're going to win. And I just felt like Jonas done, a, done an interview afterwards where he sort of just said, we're getting closer to to like nicking up one off Chelsea. And it was sort of like, I, I was a bit taken back by that reaction because playing for Arsenal, not once when I was at Arsenal did we ever look at another team and go, oh, we're getting closer to beating them. We we were the we were the champions, do you know what I mean? We was the ones who we never went into a game thinking, oh, we're getting nearer, like especially not against our arch rivals and a and one of the London teams too. Um, so I don't know. There needs to just sort of be a confidence instilled back in with Arsenal that you you want to be the best in the league. You want to be the best in London as well, you know. Um, so, it, but Arsenal playing in a lot of cup finals as well as Chelsea, but Arsenal have played in a lot of cup finals, so. It is a cup final. It's a one-off, and you, you're hoping that a lot of players get up for the game and, and leave everything on the pitch. Julie, when I look at the, the schedule for March, it is a bit of March madness. Over the next few weeks, you've got seven games in, in 25 days. I think it is for both Chelsea and Arsenal. Which which squad do you think is better equipped to cope with that uh, workload? I think Chelsea's is. I think Chelsea, obviously, at the moment they're, they're missing Frank Kirby and um, Harder as well. Who, when you compare it. Harder and um, Frank Kirby are just as important and just as good as players as what Beth Mead and uh, Miedemar are to Arsenal. Um, but you have players coming in for Chelsea who are making the team stronger, you know. And, and so when Frank Kirby comes back and when Harder comes back, Chelsea, their forward attacking line are going to be frightening. Um, but I do think Chelsea have got the better squad and I do think there's with Emma it's good because she rotates players a lot and she gives players a lot of opportunities so that when it does come to rotating, especially through heavy periods, that the 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 quality of the team doesn't dip and players know where they need to be and, and they, they're match fit, you know, as well. They're not just sitting on the bench where where I think with Arsenal, when you do make a couple of changes to the team, you notice the drop in performance and you know it's a drop in quality where I don't think you can say that about Chelsea. Is that volume of games a problem 
in your experiences for a professional footballer or is it something that you look forward to because games usurp training in terms of enjoyment like I have a quote here from, from Hedda Malango the uh, Professional Football Association Chief Executive which was not long ago he says this is not a shoe factory you're talking about human beings sometimes they get the feeling that we are moving in the direction that footballers are just machines is it is it kind of heading in that dangerous direction too many games in too short a space of time no I agree with that I think um I don't know what the the issue is in regards to the format for for the WSL, but you think, for example, we take Liverpool, who weren't in the FA Cup last weekend. It's been a month since they last played a game of football, you know, and and we're talking we're mid-season. So it's really hard. I think the best period for teams was obviously before this last international break because we seem to be getting at least one, maybe two games a week. Um, But there has to be a line as well. Like For me as a footballer, I prefer games because it meant I trained less um so I, I prefer plan matches all day every day so when we used to have a weekend and a midweek I just that for me that's my bread and butter you know I, I love playing football and I love the game uh the matches so I preferred that but then you've got to look at I also then when it comes to international breaks I obviously got a rest during that period because I weren't away whereas players are now going away and then they're coming back and they're potentially doing two games a week and obviously Lude's talking about Chelsea and Arsenal being in the Champions League too. Um, it is difficult and obviously the way what happened with COVID, the fact that there's a, a tournament, obviously we've got the, the World Cup this year, we obviously had the Euros last year, we've got the Olympics next year and then it's not going to be to the following year, um, I think it's the Euros again and then it's a break. So you're looking at these players, some of them are going back to back they might be getting two weeks off at the summer at most. Um, and they're still expected to perform at a high standard. And yes, of course, everybody's fortunate enough to, to say that football is their job. You know, like I pinch myself to say that I've done that. But at the end of the day, we are humans and players need to be looked after. And it's a, it's a physical job, you know, it's a very physical job. And obviously with Chelsea and Arsenal playing in the Champions League, that's another step up as well, like physically. Um, so it, it takes its toll. Mm. Uh, even with jet lag she's better than you was the uh, chant I'm sure you heard it when you were at the game last week from the uh, Chelsea fans to the Arsenal fans and uh, we haven't mentioned her name yet but we did talk about the Chelsea goal threat and she definitely loves a goal against Arsenal as well uh, Sam Kerr what are they going to do about her? It's difficult I, I said on Monday on a, on a podcast they said how do you how do you deal with Sam Kerr and I said it, it's hard sometimes you just can't deal with her like she's not just a a number nine that sort of stays central and just holds up the ball. She she moves across the whole line. She'll drop into midfield. She'll sit in the pocket between uh, the midfield and the defence. She'll run on your back shoulder. She's to get the ball wide. And if, if I'm Chelsea and I'm obviously Emma and I'm saying, get the ball wide and just get the ball in the box of sand because even when you think she's not going to get there, she gets there. Like she's so physical. She can out jump anybody. Um, and it is difficult to keep her quiet, but the probably the better solution is to try and stop the service to her. You know, you can there's only so much defenders can do mm. to stop her in a game. Um and it's ultimately it's a one v one at the end of the day in regards to that. But obviously you're looking at the the centre backs, obviously Leah, if she comes up against Leah or Rafa on the other side, um, she makes it difficult for him because she doesn't just stay central and it's just easy to be picked up. She moves across the whole line. So for me, it'd be, can we try and stop the, the the source of service at point rather than trying to stop her when she has the ball? 
Mm. Well, it'd be interesting. Easier said than done, I suppose, is the point. Uh, the last time we were on, we did chat a good bit about Katie McCabe as well and uh, whether she's been punished around all the transfer rumours. Obviously, there was the chat about the chest infection and that certainly seemed to explain some of her absences maybe from the um, from the Arsenal team at that stage. She did, obviously, um, start last weekend. Start again this weekend? Is that all... I think I asked you the exact question the last time, and we we were hopeful more than uh, more than not. But is that all done and dusted now and uh, back to normal with Katie? Or what's your view? Yeah, I, I think he knows he needs to play anyway, and I think it's it's silly in in women's football if you potentially holding something against a player if they wanted to go. She should never really come out and said anything about it. But at the end of the day, she's still your player, you know, and and you want. She, she's a very good player, so you want to get the best out of her. So pushing her to a side or not playing her just don't make no sense for Arsenal when they need her. Um, I think, obviously, she didn't um, play in the West Ham game and then people were saying, obviously, why she's not playing? Obviously, she come on. But then against Man City, she didn't play and then she come on and people were like, that game needed a bit of fight. It needed a bit of grit. It needed Katie. Um, and she probably come on. Um, she should have started the game. And then obviously last weekend she started the game in midfield and she gave him that tenacious, to put your foot in, the 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 making it tough for uh, Chelsea, a bit like what Erin Cuthbert does for Chelsea. That's what Katie was doing for Arsenal. Um, for me, she has to play because she's probably one of only a few players who are actually showing fight and sticking their foot in and, and not making it easy for Chelsea. Um, so yeah, for me, he has to play her. Mm. And has a bit of versatility, versatility as well, if uh, if needs be. Uh, everything is pointing to a Chelsea win. For me, yeah, I think I think Chelsea are the favourites going in. But at the end of the day, it's a cup final, and you don't know who's going to turn up and, and how players are going to be. So for me, I'd say Chelsea, but I don't think you can write Arsenal off in cup finals. Um, Manchester United could move five points clear at the top of the uh, the WSL this weekend. Gilly, Leicester City struggling at the moment but they've won two of their last three like, these are always dangerous games for, for table toppers aren't they because complacency can set in and uh, Leicester really really fighting for everything they've got yeah I mean I'm just talking about obviously I've talked about the Liverpool Leicester game probably is a game when Liverpool thought that they was just going to well they should have should, they should have beat Leicester because if you're looking at the position they are in the, the league and um, probably the players that they've got as well but obviously if, in that game I watched that game um, Leicester just had that fight about them and obviously Willie's got them very organised very disciplined Um, I don't necessarily say they create a lot but I think set pieces will be huge for Leicester um, going into this last period Um, but they are only one point behind Reading you know and obviously Reading have got got West Ham um, obviously who are above them but for me, it should be a, it should be a clear Man United win, but sometimes the WSL don't work like that. Um, and especially coming off with the back of obviously, you had the FA Cup last weekend. You've obviously had the international break, but obviously WSL is a completely different mind mindset. And obviously, Man United are potentially yeah could go five points clear um, and be at the top. So there is that sort of they're going to want to win because they want to get that advantage on on Chelsea. Um, but I don't think Leicester will just sit back and make it easy for him. Mm, and you've City Spurs as well, so um, potentially goes along expected lines as well. We'll catch up again uh, over the next few weeks, Julie. Thanks, William. No worries, thank you. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.